Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Reading, Reviewing, and Writing a Paper, Part 1. I'd like to start with a story about reading and reviewing and writing papers. One of my papers was sent back by a reviewer with the following comments and critiques. We found your article both important and interesting. Unfortunately, what is important is old, and what is interesting is wrong. Well, of course, that's an old urban legend. Reviewers are not that mean. Writing is thinking, not just communication, and is really the best way to learn. I'm going to go through parts of an article, and we will start with the title. The title needs to be a hook that grasps somebody within 10 seconds. Most titles have word limits. For example, Google just does the first six to seven words. The keywords are important for searches. We should not use abbreviations in the title, and certain words are redundant, like this is a study or this is an investigation. The abstract. In this age of computer-generated retrieval, the abstract is very important. It should stand on its own, and there should be no abbreviations. In other words, it's like elevator talk. We need to say what we want to say in 18 to 30 seconds. What is the problem? What is the hypothesis? What is the value of this study? Why is it interesting, and why should it be published? We need to introduce the topic and the goal, and then how it's performed, and what is found, and the last couple of sentences what results mean. The majority of the abstract, it is said, should be materials and methods. Problems with abstracts include not having complete information or too much information, and is often an afterthought. The abstract done last, often not too well by authors. And there are word limits, such as PubMed accepts only 250 words. So if you have more than that in the abstract, it won't come out. The introduction. The introduction needs to set the stage. What is known? What is the background literature? Also, why is this study important? And to do critical review of our present knowledge and briefly the plan and objectives for our study. The hypothesis and the purpose and the question needs to be addressed, approached, and proposed solutions given. There needs to be a clear answer. Materials and methods, details, results, or conclusions are not usually found in most introductions. A problem is, is this a hypothesis-driven study or just a description or even worse, a fishing trip? The materials and methods section may be the most important part of the paper. The material and methods is part of the understanding of how and why the experiment was performed. It gives us a better understanding of the rest of the paper and how the results and conclusions derived from experiments and why the study plan makes sense. Details need to be able to be reproduced if the study is replicated. Therefore, there needs to be clarity, adequate detail, and not have errors of omission. 
If lengthy, it needs to be divided into subgroups or sections and is usually chronologic if the M&M is too long or detailed. The source and often city of all reagents need to be given and past tense is usually used. Problems with material and method sections include selection bias of patients and materials, that is, what is the denominator, how were the patients selected, from what patient base. Therefore, how representative is your group? For example, are there dropout of patients? Other problems include poor documentation of complete patient materials, poor definitions or changing definitions of test methodologies over time. There needs to be how the study was done and better descriptions. Statistics, study populations, and controls must be appropriate. Single case reports are getting harder to publish and really better be good and meaningful to get them published in the better journals. The results section needs to be logical and orderly, usually chronological, in parallel with the materials and methods. Statements need to summarize and explain what the data shows. Past tense is usually used with a passive voice. It is said that we should not use, quote, unpublished results. Problems with the results section includes results not clearly or concisely stated, the need for proper controls, and there may be multiple proper controls at every step. Tables are often useful, and there is a debate as whether the tables should stand alone or be combined with the text. Lastly, for this discussion, we're talking about the discussion section. The discussion should include some background or context, and then the purpose and the goal. Then, what does the data mean? Judiciously interpreting your findings in the context of present knowledge. Some discussions in the past have been way too long, too hypothetical, too grandiose, reviewing the world's literature, and we need to recognize that there are page and time limits. What's new and different in this study from the available literature is important, and why publish this study now? The implication of your findings need to be very clear. Problems include hazardous extrapolation from their small, possibly biased series to a worldwide global population. Thus, selection and bias needs to be addressed. Selected information and literature to substantiate their findings is given, and there should be referencing of studies discordant with your findings. Confounding variables and realizing that correlation does not necessarily equal causation is, of course, a known fallacy. Statistically significance, we're not supposed to use the words trended towards. There is potential source of bias and other weaknesses, and now many journals require a paragraph indicating at the end not only the substance and importance of your paper, but also the limitations and weaknesses, for example, in retrospective studies that are unavoidable. In any event, this is a summation of my experience after being on a dozen editorial boards, 
with the help of Dr. John Ibley of Indiana University, who served for 19 years as Editor-in-Chief of Modern Pathology, as well as a beautiful series of reviewing articles from the AACC Journal in 2010. Part two will follow later. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.